0: I thought we might talk a little bit more about Savile at Broadmoor because yeah. that whole Savile at Broadmoor incident is so fucking crazy when you think about it. They brought him in as a kind of like the entertainments manager. And before you knew it, he had his own set of keys and he was calling the fucking shots. This was crazy, man. Then, of course, there's that strange association that we spoke about uh, on our very first podcast with him and Peter Sutcliffe, because, of mm. course, Sutcliffe was in Broadmoor. introduced yeah. Sutcliffe to uh, to uh, Frank Bruno, which poor old Frank Bruno must have been quite startled when he probably realised afterwards who the guy was. He, he was, sure. yeah. I'm not sure that Frank really knew what the hell he was doing when he was there. <laughs> we
1: didn't. Apparently and, Jimmy just tapped uh, him on the shoulder because he was meeting, meeting a lot of uh, prisoners at that, that point, wasn't it? Because he just opened a gym in Broadmoor. And he right. just, Saville just was showing him about and he tapped uh, Frank on the shoulder saying, oh, someone I'd like you to meet. And Bruno turned around and there's this bearded guy putting his hand out and saying something about how much he loved his boxing. <laughs> Which proves <laughs> Sutcliffe was mad, in my opinion.
0: <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. a brilliant point. Uh, you know, no one—you couldn't really admire Frank Bruno's boxing, could you? He was as dull as ditch water. Really watching him <laughs> box, but there you are. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I mean, there he is in his Sorry, shell Frank. suit. Two shell-suited weirdos and Frank Bruno. I mean, that's not saying much either, is yeah. it? Yeah, but we, <laughs> you we, know, you
1: can just tell that um, Sutcliffe's shell suit was a Savile cast-off.
0: Uh, definitely, definitely. It's yeah, this, this was it was, one I wore
1: in the 90s. 19- an
0: influence. 85
1: marathon, London marathon. Yeah.
0: The Savile influence is there, right there in that shell suit, right there. You can just imagine it though, Gartner? You goes, Oh, now then, well, Frank, I'd like you to meet my friend Peter. <laughs> <laughs> hello, Peter. Like this, you know. oh, hello, <laughs> nice to meet you Mr. Bruno. <laughs> Oh, gosh. I, I hadn't really. That, uh, I hadn't quite thought through the Frank impression, but there you go. You didn't
1: say Harry either. Uh, hey,
0: Harry. No, 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 no. It's uh, Peter. Uh, sorry, Harry. Uh, only joking. Peter, nice to meet you, mate. Like this, and uh, you know, and... oh, I love your boxing style, there, Mr. Bruno. <laughs> Now then, Peter, 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 Peter is a big fan. i fixed it for you today, Peter, to meet the one and the only. Yes, the only, Mister Francis Bruno. You say. what do you think of that? Oh, I think that's smashing. Oh, you really, it really cuts to the quick of my heart. There, <laughs> Jimmy. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> strange. But so I mean,
1: yeah, as you say, he had uh, he had keys to Broadmoor. I think he um. Didn't he have a similar situation at uh, Stoke Mandeville where he had yeah. keys and uh, he was basically running the place?
0: And there was another thing at Stoke Mandeville which was really telling, and this might have also applied at Broadmoor, apparently. Were, some members of the senior staff were like, don't make eye contact with him. You know, there was like this fucking, they, they knew, they knew that he wasn't, you know, like to the, to the nurses and what have you, don't catch his eye, keep your head down. This is terrible.
1: There was one incident in Stoke Mandeville where someone walked in on him and he was at the bedside of this uh, heavily disabled girl and he was licking her arm up and down.
0: Oh, my God.
1: I mean... She was, like, mentally disabled as well as physically disabled, I think, and he was just doing that to her. I mean, that is revolting.
0: uh, He's scum, isn't he? Scum. Mm my nice little retard! I will lick your arm, and you will do nothing about it. You say because I am a Jimmy Savile who has a one-on-one uh, repartee with Margaret Thatcher. You say, and I can get away with fucking murder. And I think that's the case. And I, I'm sure somewhere down the line that's what he has done. Yeah. Horrible little grebo, little horrible Yorkshire grebo. You know. Fucking incredible that him and Sutcliffe were living it up in Broadmoor <gasps> at the same time. <laughs> Jesus Christ!
1: Yeah, he, he was good he friends. T- I mean, it wasn't just uh, a casual.
0: I just want to say, do you think Frank Bruno went? Uh, 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 you're a fucking twat, Jimmy. <laughs> he he left, probably did. Left the hospital. He probably did. I Is think. That- I
1: think afterwards probably he said. Only
0: one person who could. Probably one person who could get away with telling Savile that he was an absolute fucking bastard for doing that. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, should have, he should have knocked his fucking block off there and then. You know what I mean? But hey, there you go. Well, what I wanted to say, and I think we, I think we, we brushed onto this a little bit um, in our fabulous previous podcast. We were discussing the idea of the ripple effect that the Savile case in particular had had and how that ripple has spread across certainly the English-speaking world, let's put it that way, uh, and certainly without a doubt into the Americas, because, you know, North America has had this complete flip as far as celebrities concerned, just like we have, where so many people have been brought to the fore and systematically pushed under the bus. (laughs) You know, the Me Too movement's come about, the whole business with Bill Cosby, uh, Kevin Spacey business, you know, all of this has come about. Wasn't that the post- start of it,
1: Spacey? That's that's how I remember it. That Spacey was the in America first one to be, yeah, in America.
0: But it's all post Savelli. Well this
1: before Cosby and Weinstein, I remember.
0: Yeah, it's all post Savelli though, isn't it? It's, have you yeah. noticed? It's all it's all in the aftermath of the British events, and it's and, and sort of America's tag caught along and tagged onto this whole abuse situation some of their cases are remarkable, aren't they? You know, really. The Bill Cosby one is mind-blowing, I think. And in some ways, I feel like it's more so than Savile, because Savile always presented himself as a bit odd, a bit of a weirdo. You always kind of knew there was a bit of an edge. with There was something going on with Savile, even though, you know, maybe, yeah, maybe he was, at heart, he was pretty kind, we all thought, because of the things he did for the kids and for the charities and everything. But you kind of thought, I wouldn't really want to be cutting a lift with him. There's something about Savile. We all thought that. But Cosby presented himself as the squeaky clean, perfect role model, especially for the Afro-Caribbean community in America, the BAME community, if you like. This was an absolute idol of righteousness in America. And that's how he presented, especially through the Cosby show, for years and years. And he was so despicable. It's unbelievable.
1: Yeah, it's interesting that the reaction when he was first accused, uh, it was one of, like, disbelief, wasn't it? And I mean real disbelief. People didn't actually believe what was being said about it because, as you say, his persona was one of uh, a family man, great guy, really lovely to everybody. You never heard anything bad about Bill Cosby before that. So I think a lot of the women were disbelieved, which often happens in these cases and uh, accused of, you know, going after money or whatever. And then as it slowly came to light, all these women were telling the same story about how they were drugged or they felt that they were drugged and they woke up and they knew something had happened. Uh, But they never felt that they could report it because they would not be believed which is again a typical, a typical story in these these cases.
0: Absolutely, and it mirrors a lot of what happened with Savile because in with Savile's cases, there was many people that actually did say things about his behaviour, and it wasn't even taken any further by the police at that that stage. No, you know, in the sixties and seventies, and especially during that, like, and you know, doctors at Stoke Mandeville, patients were turning around and saying, "Oh, he behaved badly towards nurses," were saying he was being inappropriate. He did nothing because he was too well, important. I think I think when the things were reported about Savile,
1: it was like, oh, he's just being eccentric. That's just Jimmy. You know, it was yeah. those sort of fob-off explanations because, like we were saying on the last pod, weird behaviour can be difficult to handle and it can be taken the wrong way. Exactly. You I know, know, I mean, he, I'm sure he would have turned around and said, oh, it was just messy and I'm sorry if I caused any offence, you know, and people would have believed him because he, he was such a... An odd character. So, whereas Cosby you know was straight down the line. And, and when you heard yeah. about him actually drugging these women, which yeah, is yeah. so sinister.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: You know, that is pure date rape, isn't it? Rehypnal-type drugs Absolutely. he was using. And he got he got a huge kick out of it,
0: didn't he? He did. And, and again, though, like Savile, because he was so massive. I mean, Cosby, in, in fact, in like... In any terms, really, Cosby was a m- much bigger star than Saville in America. And being, being a star in America is a hell of a thing anyway, because there's 300 million people, isn't there? So he was a huge, well-known star. And he has he was all-powerful, probably. You know, for a long time, he probably thought, I'll get away with anything here. Yeah. Because yeah. no one is going to point the finger at me at any point. And in Saville's case, the, the big point I wanted to make that I forgot to make before about the – um, Broadmoor situation and the Stoke Mandeville situations because I was listening to um, a documentary the other day uh, about Saville and there was this talk that a lot of the staff were very uncomfortable with Saville and would say, you know, like I was saying, don't look at him, don't make eye contact with him, blah blah blah. I'm sure there were complaints made to management, but in these big organisations, you have this big separated gap between those on the front line and the management and the management would probably go, Oh yes, I'll have a word with him and all that. But when it push came to shove, they probably said very little to him. Or if they, even if they said anything to him, it would be, it would be with real deference, you know, that deferential behavior towards these people. And let's be honest, to something, to some extent, probably sycophantic behavior prevented them from ever getting pulled, pulled into line, you know, and, And in this country, we've got this hierarchical system. So Savile was so linked to people like people like Thatcher and the royal family. I mean, when you hear stories that you know Savile was approached as like a marriage guidance counselor for Charles and Diana, I mean that is just fucking mind blowing. This weird little loner, you know, who on anyone's called women
1: brain damage.
0: Brain damage, yeah, they're, they're all brain damage.
1: Really never, actually, never actually had a, an affair. I, I mean, a relationship or a public relationship. There wasn't well, one woman it. that came forward and said she was sort of his girlfriend for 18-odd years.
0: So his public persona was trying to present himself as this kind of asexual character who wasn't really interested in, in re- women and relationships, calling women brain damage all the time, going on about how wonderful his mum was. But uh, women are all brain damage right now. And the rest of the time presenting himself as this very solitary figure doing guidance for the members of the royal family. Apparently, uh, uh, Diana thought he was fucking horrible, you know, slimy. <laughs> but that bloody dimwit Charles, who's going to be the king of England and Britain, you know, whatever that means, which means fuck all in this day and age, as far as I'm concerned, but there you go, you know, was buying into all this claptrap, saying, I mean, oh, yeah, we'll let Uncle Jimmy go and deal well, with the, the it. Well, uh, maybe instead that...
1: Charles asked him to contact his friends in the underworld and arrange her death
0: in Paris. Oh, I'd love that. This is this would be an amazing conspiracy theory if that somehow Savile was behind the deadly drive through the tunnel in Paris. (laughs) 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 Don't you worry, you say, Charlie boy. I'll make sure it's all sorted out. Got some very good friends in the paparazzi over there in Paris. Maybe it was he wrote (laughs) in the fix it for you, Charlie.
1: Yeah, it was a fix-it, wasn't it? It was a fix-it. Hey, Jim, (laughs) I've been in a loveless marriage now for five years. (laughs) I can't stand the bitch.
0: Please, can you do
1: something about it? Love, Charles.
0: Dear dear Jimmy, uh, I wonder if you could fix it for me to go out and marry an ugly old hag and get rid of this bimbo that I met. (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh, that's a bit harsh on Camilla. That everyone loves Camilla now, don't they?
0: Everyone loves Camilla now.
1: Yeah, well, everyone hated her at first, but I think she she's won round the public support. Well, she seems she quite has, a nice woman.
0: She might, she possibly. Well, you know, I, I do you know We're what? Royal. I, I can't go down any road here, mate, because yeah. uh, I just think I haven't got truck tr- with any of them. Any time for any of them, and you know the reality is that she was ultimately a, a, a hideous uh, interferer in someone else's marriage. Which um, I have no time for that either. So uh, you know, she might come across as the this kindly old woman now, but uh, just like um, just like many other people have got away with it, she may well be getting away with it for a long time. Uh, but. Uh, The truth is out there. I know the truth. She's horrible, mate. She's horrible. She's a (laughs) Harrodin.
1: Okay, fair enough. Um, Right, so...
0: You can see I'm not going to get offered any OBEs.
1: (laughs) No, I think you've ruined my chances as well. (laughs) Cheers. (laughs) (laughs) Right, so... I never knew
0: you were such a royalist
1: there, Lisa. No, I'm not really. I'm not. I'm sort of indifferent to the whole thing. I feel feel sorry for him in a way, but... uh, I shouldn't. I, I sort I've of realised that. Anyway, I
0: know. I know. I, I think I've just over the years become more and more firmly an anti-monarchist. I just find them all very <laughs> well. I, think
1: I turned more. I wasn't. I'm not. I would never describe myself as a monarchist at all. But I think what I realised and what really turned me, not for the royal family, but against the public, <laughs> right, was. I was so, you know, when Diana died and there was all that hysteria and people were travelling to London and hanging out and camping out and then mawkishly watching the coffin and chucking flowers onto the car and all that bollocks and having yeah, to go yeah. to the Queen and crying as if they knew Diana. That
0: yeah
1: that to me was a moment of madness in this country.
0: Oh yeah. The British and public are
1: stupid. That to but me is <clears throat> so strange that I started to be on the Queen's side. And the Queen, in fairness, was proved right because everyone was going, where's the Queen? Where's the Queen? Why isn't the flag at half mast?" <laughs> you know, the Queen, to be fair, was being a grandmother, looking mm. after her grandkids and getting away from all the shit. Mm. And I think when she actually did buckle under the pressure, which, um, if you believe the film, it was Tony Blair that persuaded her to address the nation, mm. she came across really honestly and and with so much dignity
0: well what i'd say uh, you know in agreement with you to some degree I, I i'll begrudgingly say this is that i actually do think in many ways you're right i think she the queen in general has been a pretty good many would say obviously royalists would say a brilliant head of state but she's been a pretty fair head of state if she was the president of Britain, let's say, you know, because like in France, they have the president and then the prime minister, don't they? Yeah. If she was the head of state, she's done a pretty damn good job, to be fair. She's been doing it over a long time. But all the others, it's everything else. It's the whole bloodline. It's the whole nonsense. And we could put it all to bed now and we'd still be this country that's got this fantastic history. But we could speak about it with a bit more honesty that it's basically been brought about through like a mafiosa, like a cutthroat, divisive way of stealing power from others, stealing land, rape and pillage, you know, over time, of course. Yeah,
1: the, the wealth is just abhorrent, you know. It's abhorrent. It's and,
0: and as far as someone who, who has been the head of state and behaved in a dignified way, I can't fault her in that. Of course, she's been, uh, I, 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 it would be nonsense to say that she hasn't been a very dignified head of state. And I think that's all she was trying to do with the whole Diana thing, too. You know, she was trying to be dignified. But I think some of the behaviour of her close family doesn't say a lot for her as a parent. You know, some of the that's things... That's true. That is true. The, and that
1: brings us neatly onto uh, your favourite royal, Prince Andrew, doesn't it? Who obviously has been caught up in this uh, non scandal. Indeed. Of uh well, Jeff Epstein.
0: This brings it all back round to the whole U Tree umbrella. I love it. Yeah, it's fantastic, mate. As I would say, oh, the grand old Duke of York, he was a dirty man. He stayed in the house of a pedophile because he was a very big fan. <laughs> I think the thing is But
1: well, he doesn't sweat because he wears Lynx
0: Africa. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. He doesn't sweat. And he couldn't have been in a disco because he went to a pizzeria that closes at 10 o'clock at night, the same time that the nightclub in question tramps, opens.
1: Tramps, God.
0: It sounds so tacky, doesn't it? Tramps.
1: Dave, you mentioned something about Pizzagate. At the time, I wasn't sure what you were referring to on the last pod. I was thinking it was referring to prince andrew but no this is this is uh, america's yeah. own paedophile ring isn't it
0: yeah it's a big part of the whole capitol building uh, raid because yeah. the, the q and lot the q and lot believe there's a sort of uh, infiltration of paedophiles within the capitol building that are, you know it's crazy business isn't it in a way it fits beautifully with what you were saying about the whole princess diana madness and it was absolute madness you know and hysteria that the general public or pockets of the general public are prone to believing in any or bollocks really and yeah. they get hysterical and they get mad and they get misguided, they don't read the facts, they don't look into it, they don't believe in science, they look at everything in a skewed way
1: Well it is, it, you see it so often don't you, you see the likes of the Alfie Evans protesters Exactly, you know Tracy from the Pound Bakery thinking that she knows more than the leading paediatricians in the UK and, and internationally save our alfie you know we don't believe all the hay
0: yeah crazy just fuck off and let people do the jobs it's this sort of blind faith and the whole blind faith of madness was like the blind faith of believing that princess diana was this wonderfully innocent person she wasn't of course she wasn't she played up to the media she used the media as much as she hated the media the Queen wasn't as bad as they made her out to be at the time. Of course not. She was trying to stay dignified. The back and forth behavior of the general public as well. Now, of course, the Queen is a saint. She can't do any wrong amongst those, the same people, those sort of royalist ex- excessives and morons. you know. And it's the same kind of people that buy into this QAnon business in America. There seems to be a group of people that are really gullible and susceptible for anything. As soon as that knee-jerk reaction kicks in and it somehow reacts and evokes some passion in them, they start believing in it wholeheartedly. And that's what's happened. And Trump has been a brilliant uh, navigator of it. He's really been able to engender these people together to support him. I mean, oh, yeah. why they think he would be their hero when he's a, he's this kind of fraudulent billionaire who doesn't give a fuck about the working man.
1: Well, I think that's indicative of, uh, and I know it sounds a bit pretentious, but we do live in a post-truth age now. Mm. People believing in what they want to believe has some sort of value, mm. you know, because that's all that's all that counts. I believe in it. You know, it's similar to, you know, I suppose believing in gods and believing in other unproven things, but people mm. just seem to live their lives wanting to believe what they want to believe and you can never yeah. dissuade them. You're right, Trump did sort of sow that seed in a way with his fake news. Um, you know, we'd call out every negative story against him fake news, wouldn't it? Yeah, and people uh, started to believe that and started to doubt the media. And obviously the media do make things up massively or they exaggerate things. But in a way, it was a very clever re- response to... Any negative story that came came about him, you know, and he made he made his supporters completely distrust the media, which yeah. is why they didn't ultimately believe that the election was fair.
0: Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Exactly. I, I mean, it was it was cle- very clever manipulation, you know, and it, manipulation that has it in captured seventy six million votes in America. I think that's the right figure, somewhere around that. And a, a guy who said some really tawdry things. I mean, basically. Almost suggesting he's a pedo himself, you know, going on about how sexy his daughter is, taking her out at <laughs> oh, a very dear, young man. age. Yeah. You know, going on about how oh, Jeffrey was a naughty boy, like liked them young and all that. I mean, he somehow got out kind of squeaky clean from the whole Epstein thing. But again, you know, pulling it all back round to the U the, the Operation U Tree thing again, Lise. What you were saying before about Prince Andrew and uh, Epstein. This is a consequence of, I believe, Operation Utri again. I think without this real, real tidal wave of nefarious activity by people with power and money and the realisation of the press that it's huge business. And I think this is the point I'm getting at. It's huge business for the press to find somebody who is apparently clean cut and living this great life to be a despicable person and to do despicable things that they are always searching it out they're always looking for it and if they find it they will go at it full full blast doesn't matter who they are Mm. and and quite rightly too you know but i'm very aware that they're not doing it for any kind of crusade of good of of great goodness they're doing it to make money these people they're doing it to make a fortune people like rupert murdoch Robert maxwell before him or the right-wing press they or because quite often they're doing it to the people that they they want to keep on their side you know but they know the value of it the value of it, it in the world media terms it makes them a fortune yeah yeah you know yeah. and if they didn't think it was making them a fortune uh, it wouldn't be coming out that's no. the other side of it because for a long time things about harvey weinstein weren't coming out that got shut down for a long time nothing was said about jimmy savile that got shut down it's whether it benefits those in power, I think. Mm-hmm. But the Epstein thing, wow.
1: That's you, know, you only had to look at Weinstein, though, didn't you? To, I mean, you shouldn't judge people by how they look, but he looked a right, creepy oh, yeah. bastard, didn't he? He just looked like a fat pig.
0: Absolute pig. Absolute fat pig. And horribly manipulative. It's interesting, though, <clears throat> that for him to behave like that, and get away with it for so long, there was some element of those people involved not wanting to relinquish their positions in power within that circle. Yeah. Because, you know, and I, and I think the same applies to Spacey too. There must have been a lot going on there, lots of behaviour being cited and seen, and it wasn't being listened to by the victims who were involved. I mean, I think there's a couple of... Am I right in thinking there's a couple of people as far as space is concerned they've actually killed themselves you know i'm sure i heard that on the radio i mean i take it back if i've got that wrong but um i think um there's been at least one incident along the lines there because space's behavior mirrors that of jonathan king really Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. what struck me when i was thinking about the other day someone i know used to go out with the editor of empire
1: magazine and and he was telling me that what spacey used to do his behavior was well known for years you know i mean for years a lot of people didn't know he was gay did they i mean that came a bit of a and didn't he use that as a sort of excuse when he was making a statement that that had been something that was difficult so he was sort of turning it into something about himself but apparently his behavior was well known within the industry i mean it was i'm not saying that people necessarily knew he was abusive uh he was in a way because what he would he used to do one of his party tricks if you like was just getting his cock out all the time yeah <laughs> jesus christ It's a bit weird but it's very, you know, yeah. not necessarily abusive behavior it depends right. on who you do it to i suppose and how they take
0: it well jonathan ross but, has a reputation for doing that too so, uh, you know. I see,
1: yeah so anyway but um, apart from him I don't think there's been that many, have they, that have been done or exposed. There's only three I can think of, like Cosby, Weinstein and, and Spacey.
0: There is a film director with some notoriety that got uh, conviction well, for paedophilic behaviour. Talking yeah. about film directors, there's obviously uh, well, the biggest one of, all, of Polanski. Polanski. Now, this is a really interesting point, And it, of all people, Pierce Morgan was talking about this the other day, about the hypocrisy. He was quoting Charlotte Johansson because she yeah. was making some big woke point about transgender people blah 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 in filmmaking and one thing another she said but uh, in the next breath she's seen hugging roman polanski at an award ceremony
1: yeah and i yeah. think
0: it's very easy and very interesting that because he's been so successful and because he's <clears throat> won oscars since the incident and is a very uh, highly acclaimed film director it's very easy for people to forget that he basically raped a girl of thirteen years. She was yeah, thirteen yeah. year old. And in fact, he sodomized her he as did. well. You know? And it was at Jack Nicholson's house. Oh, was it? I didn't know that. But... Yeah, it was it was at Jack Nicholson's pad. So well, you know. It, it's kind of I don't there's no suggestion that jack nicholson was anyway involved but jack nicholson lent him the home, i think it may have been when they were making chinatown was it or sometime after that yeah because i don't it's made any film in, in america since chinatown that was 1974 so yeah his behavior now i think the things were consensual but she was really groomed by him i think yeah to go to bed with him she really was, and she's spoken about that since and and spoken about how he was very persuasive and one thing or another, and really manipulated her. and she's been very forgiving of him as well, to be fair. That oh, was she. I've not ever heard her. Yeah, I've seen an that. interview with her. she's very forgiving, but she almost like was suggesting to drop charges and things like that. Is he He not allowed
1: back in America? Is that? Yeah, he's
0: not allowed in. He's never made a film in America. If he he tried to come into America through legal means, he'd be arrested at the airport or the port immediately. So there's a lot of uh, hypocrisy, you know, floats about. I mean, and and again, the the similar thing possibly applies to Woody Allen. Mm -hmm. You know, that's another one that's a big, big issue in America because Woody Allen's been accused by his own daughter, Dylan, of sexual abuse, you know, and that's, then he, of course married. Oh, right. He's he married his blooming I mean, like adopted daughter, didn't he? You know. Yeah. Um. And they've, they they have been together a long time, so that's. But it's been a very strange and disruptive family relationship. I'm not, you know, wanting to be a prude here. The Woody Allen thing: all charges were dropped. They really felt that there was a, a manipulation there because mm-hmm. I think Mia Farrow was pretty embittered let's put it that way and there's a lot of issues there but there's a lot of disharmony with him and his uh, his real children and adoptive children from his times with Mia Farrow and there's some people believe actually that Ronan Farrow who is supposed to be Woody Allen's son if you look at him he's a very good looking guy right there's a lot of talk that he's actually Frank Sinatra's son and not Woody Allen's
1: oh, yeah right well that's interesting
0: because she kept when they split up and she, she went from then to marry Andre Previn didn't she after Sinatra and then Woody Allen but she stayed on very good terms with Woody uh, with uh, Frank Sinatra was kind of seen him and she had admitted to uh, members of her family that she'd still occasionally had sex with Frank Sinatra so it's interesting. Right, because... I'm just reading here, Dave, because uh,
1: just about those who were accused but not charged. So it does yeah. ring a few bells here. Like uh, David Blaine, apparently. I don't remember that one.
0: Oh, I don't know anything about that. Um, that's interesting.
1: James Franco. The
0: actor. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: He... Uh, Spacey was never charged, apparently. Um, Backstreet been... Boys, singer Nick Carter.
0: Yeah, that's interesting about Spacey. He has never been charged. He's, He's almost like... Admitted to it as well. I said, I am apologise for my behaviour in the past and all this. Yeah. Go on. Uh, Stallone. Stallone, wow. Was
1: accused. Gerald Gepardew t- was accused. i do tell you of...
0: who ever just remembered who's been accused. John Travolta. Oh, was it? John Travolta was ac- accused by a, a guy um, of assault. A guy? A, a guy in a massage parlour. I think that was dropped. Uh, yeah. You look. I promise you, look into that. That's so. Uh...
1: Yeah. Sorry. on as well.
0: Luke Bresson, okay. Yes.
1: Not loads, I mean... No, not um, loads.
0: Probably not as much as, the, as, as t- uh, has taken place in this country. But the ones that have come out in America that have been big have been big. Yeah. You know, Cosby, yeah. Weinstein, and... R. Uh, Kelly.
1: Forgot R. Kelly. R.
0: Kelly. I it's mean, a Jesus Christ, R. Is. Kelly. It's massive. Mm. You know, the R. Kelly incident is massive. And that, again, I think is uh, post... I'm, I'm saying it's post-Savile, but maybe maybe... I don't know, maybe... Have you got the details there in front of you when he was first charged? That I he was acquitted in 2008 of child porn charges. Yeah, so it's... it's He's a it's, very it's,
1: odd guy. Oh, Kelly, isn't he?
0: It's prior to Savile, then.
1: Yeah, it is, yeah, yeah.
0: The Epstein thing is compelling because it seems to me a lot was done to prevent him from serving any time, really, initially for his behaviour. And then beyond that, his first conviction... Was pathetic. You know, he was charged with being uh, a paedophile and mistreating a minor. And uh, he served virtually no time at all, did he? So, very short period of time. And that's when Bloody Prin- Prince Andrew was round his gaff, having a bloody knees up with him. And um uh, lots of other people were still fraternizing with him, still fraternizing with the bloody fella, when yeah. his behavior hadn't from from the best of anyone's knowledge hadn't changed. He was still hanging out with what seemed like very young girls. But mm-hmm. all these all these cronies of his. Because one or two things that springs to mind as to why they would still hang out with him, and I don't think it was anything to do with his great wit or repartee. I suspect it was to do with either one, he had something over them, or yeah, two I was thinking that he he was making some money for them. You know He was either able to extrapolate money from them by keeping quiet on their behavior or he was making money for them. Or the third option, of course, is that they, too, enjoyed the the, the young flesh Mm. a little way too much. And he was providing that service for them. Thank you very much. I I think if she lives long enough, maybe we're going to find out a lot more uh, through Ghislaine Maxwell, you know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know.